we can't change people's behavior just by giving them new information. I'm sure, Mark, you've seen this a million times. You've told people, look, here's how you got to handle your finances. Here's how, you know, you got to approach uh, your behavior. But they don't change. Why? Because they haven't changed how they feel about it. And the public speaker's job, the communicator's job, is to transfer feelings, to change the way people feel so that you can change how they think, so that you can change what they do. But if you don't start with how they feel, if you don't know how to influence how someone feels, then it's very, very difficult to get them to think differently and then, of course, to act differently. Welcome. You are listening to the Hero of the Hour podcast, the show dedicated to empowering you to take financial freedom into your own hands. Through expert interviews with decades of experience, this show will give you not only the tactical strategies of what's working in business, but the appropriate mindsets to master your financial future and build generational wealth. Heroes and entrepreneurs operate with a similar anything is possible mentality. And that is exactly what our show is about. Your host is none other than Mark B. Murphy, CEO of Northeast Private Client Group and best-selling author of three books, all dedicated to helping others plan for generational wealth. He and his team are on a mission to share their knowledge and techniques so that others can enjoy a life of financial security and freedom. Get ready to be inspired to create the life of your dreams. Let's go. In today's episode of the Here of the Hour podcast, Mark chats with Michael Poor, CEO of Heroic Public Speaking Worldwide. Michael is the author of nine books, which have been translated into 29 different languages. A few have become bestseller status on Wall Street Journal, New York Times, and USA Today. Mark and Michael discuss the misconception that marketing gets you clients when in reality, marketing builds awareness. Something Michael said that really stood out to me is that you can't change people's behaviors just by providing them with information. Thank you so much for joining and enjoy a credible episode. Hello, I'm Mark Murphy. I'm the founder and CEO of Northeast Private Client Group and uh, the author of my third book, The Ultimate Investment, which you can find in. Uh, Virtually every airport in America, uh, you can find it in uh, Amazon and and you know, virtually every other major retailer. And we're happy to say it's number one on Amazon right now. But I'm not here to talk about our book. I'm here to talk to somebody who is a very special person, a very good friend, uh, and the uh, founder and creator of uh, Heroic Public Speaking. So, uh, Michael Port, welcome. Thank you so much. All I can tell you, Michael, is that when I started to become a client of yours what I thought was so so incredible is I could see that I was a decent public speaker, but just t t using the techniques that you taught me, I mean, very simple, meaning start with a big idea, tell stories all the way through, and then leave them on a high, took that level of speakership to another level. And then when we brought all of our guys in, you know, all of our other advisors, and I think you've worked, you know, we've expanded, you know, since then, and in fact, I'm trying to get them into the program. I'm talking to Amy about it, is, um, it took their speaking where they improved instantaneously and gave them more confidence, ability to close deals, and it changed how they felt about themselves. And it was just such a valuable process. How did you come up with the idea of heroic public speaking? Tell us kind of where you started, where you are right now, and kind of where you're going, because it's, it's an amazing company. Sure. Thank you so much. Hmm. It is a very neat company, in part because it was founded by Amy, my wife, and I. And both of us were professional actors. So Amy has her master's in acting from Yale, and I have my master's in acting from NYU. Now, mind you, she got into both NYU and Yale, and I <laughs> did not get into Yale. So clearly she made a mistake and went to the wrong program. Well, I invited the wrong the person she... on the podcast then, you know, no. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. But I was available. See, that's the difference. You just can't get her. <laughs> so, so look, uh, you know, I, I left acting pretty early on because I found that I was very entrepreneurial. And when you're an actor, you, in those days at least, you know, 25 plus years ago, you had to sit around and wait for people to give you jobs. And that just didn't square up with the way that I wanted to exist in the world. 
And uh, I talked my way into a job for which I was completely unqualified. And my acting background helped me do that. But I told them I was unqualified, mind you. You know, the best communication in the world is the most honest and direct communication. And so I just made my case for why I thought they should give me a shot. Fortunately, they did. And I spent about four or five years on the business side of the fitness industry. And then I went out and I actually started my own business, uh, just a little consulting business, which grew pretty rapidly over time as I started writing books. Uh, and I spent the first 10 years on that business, which is called Book Yourself Solid, uh, which uh, I just sold to uh, Sean Dill, uh, who is a wonderful entrepreneur himself, and he's going to take that company, keep running with it. Um, but then in 2013 and 14, I started piloting work around communications with my clients. And, and actually, you know, it's interesting that we mentioned Sean because I, I had Sean at one of my events and I put him up on stage and I said, let's just use this next half hour just to work on some performance skills. And it wasn't part of that curriculum. And I started working with him and the audience's jaws hit the floor. People were just shocked by how quickly I could help him make a transformation. And I, I was confused, frankly, Mark, because to me, it was the easiest thing in the world. And I said, isn't this how public speaking training is delivered? I mean, you guys have gone to public speaking training events. And they said, no, we've never seen anything like this. And I realized at that moment that the particular skills that Amy and I had were not unique in the world in which we came from, but were very, very unique in this space of public speaking training. And so what we decided to do was build a master's level public speaking and communications training and development organization that would be similar to what Amy had at Yale and what I had at NYU as actors, but for people that were non-actors. And so we've re-engineered the craft of acting to apply to keynoting, breakouts, workshops, pitches, and more. And we can create really, really quick transformation because we know the craft of performance. And that's what's critically important to recognize. Some people think, well, you know, it's just talent. You either have talent as a performer or you don't. And it's kind of magic and nobody really understands it. And yes, there are certainly people that have some, you know, some more talent for performance than others. But the best performers in the world are the performers who have the most mastery over the craft of performance. And so what we're doing is we're teaching non-actors the craft of performance so they can stop speaking and start performing in the most honest and authentic way. But here's the thing. One of the reasons that so many people have trouble with public speaking is that they think it's that your job as a speaker is to share information. But if that was enough, people would do everything they're supposed to do because the information is already out there. We can't change people's behavior just by giving them new information. I'm sure, Mark, you've seen this a million times. You've told people, look, here's how you got to handle your finances. Here's how, you know, you got to approach uh, your behavior, but they don't change. Why? Because they haven't changed how they feel about it. And the public speaker's job, the communicator's job is to transfer feelings, to change the way people feel so that you can change how they think, so that you can change what they do. But if you don't start with how they feel, if you don't know how to influence how someone feels, then it's very, very difficult to get them to think differently and then, of course, to act differently. I, I will tell you, you know, that uh, I had the same experience with you and with Amy in the sense that you saw people that were terrible public speakers that in 10 minutes they got acceptable and you saw good people become very good and very good people become great. It was uh, like uh, David Letterman, stupid pet tricks. That's Michael Port's uh, <laughs> You know, trip. To, it's it's almost it's almost amazing how quickly it happens. You because you think like anything like that, you have to put in your ten thousand hours and practice and practice and practice to get any better, and it was almost instantaneous. And um, mm -hmm. it, it seemed to be such a powerful. Like I, I believe that in most businesses, it's really about the power to influence or the power of persuasion. You you're an expert at the power of persuasion. 
I, you know, yeah, I mean, yes and no. I, I would say I, I don't really think about it from that perspective so much. Um, yes, persuasion and influence is ultimately our goal when we're speaking, when we're performing. But really, if the speakers focused primarily on just persuading, rather than really understanding the people that they're trying to persuade, they're not going to do it. Meaning, I, what I see a lot of times, people are like, just give me some tricks on you know, how to say the right thing so that they do what I want. And yes, yeah, certainly there are turns of phrases and some structures that can work to, you know, to influence uh, people's decision-making process. But fundamentally, the people who are actually the most persuasive are the ones who understand the people they're talking with the best. Because there are certain elements that are foundational in any type of presentation. Number one, a big idea, a core message. Number two, a promise, a promise that the people who are hearing want. Number three, being able to demonstrate that you understand the way the world looks to the people in the room. And number four is being able to highlight all of the consequences of not adopting the big idea. And of course, being able to highlight the rewards of adopting the big idea and achieving the promise. But I mention this because I want to point out the third uh, foundational element, which is being able to understand the way the world looks to the people in the room and being able to articulate that you understand it. Because Mark, let's say I, I, I want to try to change how you think about something. Mm -hmm. So you change how to change what you do. But let's say you've been thinking about that thing in that way for 35 or 40 years. That's a long time. That means those tracks in your brain are pretty uh, pretty deep grooves. And I'm not gonna be able to snap my fingers and just get you to think differently. So if I just focus on the information, but I don't demonstrate that I understand the way the world looks to you, it's gonna be very easy for you to say no. You go, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting. And I kind of want that. And that would be great. But you know what? I'm different. You don't really get me. It's an easy no. And when people are provoked or challenged with new ideas, because big ideas tend to challenge the status quo, their default response is no. And so part of our job is to help people to drop their filters, to open up, to become more available to us. But if they don't think we understand the way the world looks to them, if they don't think we really get them on every level that is necessary, they're going to say no. And so that's where I, where I focus first, because once, once you've got that, then the persuasion part comes much more easily. You know, I, I should have figured that out because it's common sense. I think, you know, when people think about that, they think, oh, I'll uh, go and he'll, you know, they'll, they'll tell me I have a little more stage presence or they'll tell me not to do this or that, or, you know, some, some, some kind of like, but what was so interesting about the process and working with you for several years has been, and our team for several years has been, it's such a craft that meaning it is just like anything else that you do. It is, it is, it is a pro it's, it's not like you just go out there and deliver a stem winder. It is a process and starts every way. Like, you know, and somehow for some reason, I, I don't know, my inclination was not to think through that much or to think that it was, it was more on the fly than it, than, than it really was, yeah. was mastering well, a craft. Well, Mark, that's perfectly reasonable, actually. Mm. And it's fact how most people think about it, because we talk all day long. Right. So we think we're pretty good at it. <laughs> and if you have some charm, you've got a lot of charm and you've got the gift for the gab, you've got the gift for the gab. You know, people have been responding really well for most of your life to the way that you present ideas. And that's true for many of the people who are listening right now. There's another level, though. And that next level looks to an audience like it doesn't take any work, like they're just doing it off the cuff. But in fact, that next level is based on much more front loading of the work. You know, when you see Mick Jagger perform or Adele perform or Beyonce perform, or you go see Hamilton on Broadway, or you watch an Olympian um, swim in a pool, 
or, you know, do crazy gymnastic stunts on, you know, uh, on, on rings hanging, you know, 15 feet in the air. It looks so easy. I mean, it looks like they could do it all day long because they have mastered the craft. They're just better than anybody else because of the mastery of craft, not just because they were born that way, but they have mastered the craft. So the, 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 the thing that hangs us up when we see somebody who performs in such a way that it seems like they're just making it up, but they're brilliant, is that we think they're just making it up or just winging it. So we should do the same. We don't recognize that very often hundreds of hours of work went into that performance. So when you're watching the best keynote speakers in the industry, when you go to a, a big conference and there's thousands of people there and a keynote speaker comes out to open uh, the event, if they're a professional speaker, as opposed to say just a celebrity who was brought in to put butts in seats and they don't really care that much about the speech, it's gonna look like the easiest thing in the world to them but they have been working on it for years. And that's what we forget. You know, your mastery of finance has been something that you've been developing over years. Right. You might've had an aptitude for it, or maybe you had an aptitude for math. I don't know. But when you were 18, 19, 20, you were just learning it. It was all new to you. But now your mastery comes from so many years of study, so many years of experience, that when somebody, you know, is 25, 30 years old, they, they can't hold a candle to what you know because they just don't have the experience or the craft. And I think it's important to remember that if you want to be the best in class at anything, study and practice is required. And, you know, top performers know this. You know, we work with people that are at the top end of their field. So, you know, we've got Navy SEALs and astronauts and Olympians and founders of companies, uh, and you know, and many other folks who have had extraordinary accomplishments in their life. And they come to us because they recognize, oh, I want to move into another stage of visionary leadership. And I need to work on my ability to present my ideas. And I need to give the time and the effort to that craft just the way that I did to the craft that I built that got me here. And, you know, there's only really a handful of people who get that. It's so funny. I want to, just hearing you speak is getting me excited, getting me inspired. I want to, I want to get right back into, into the, into the, in the studio with you and, and get working and get our team going. Let's it's, go. uh, it's, it's going to motivate me to, uh, to have Maureen, uh, you know, book, book some time with uh, you and Amy, uh, as soon as we get off the call, it's, uh, this is just, it's, it's just so, uh, life-changing. You know, I mentioned at the top of the uh, broadcast, I, I just finished my third book uh, with your help. Uh, yeah. but, uh, I'm only, uh, you know, I, I know you're the author of uh, nine books in 29 languages. And, uh, you know, it, it's, I, I wouldn't ask you what's your favorite. It's like trying to pick who's your favorite child. And we, but, but I would love to say if, if somebody was watching this and they said, give me one or two or three books, if I was going to start and just said, I wanted to read a Michael Port book, tell me the one or two or three that they should look at and why. Yeah. Start with steal the show. Okay. That's a great place to start because it's a it's focused on it's really a tour de force on the craft of public speaking. The first third of it, I really focus on finding your voice because there is no one way to do this work. Each person is an individual, should have their own style, and should not look or behave or sound like anybody else. So if somebody tells you there's a formula, a secret formula that if everybody just did, they'd be brilliant at this. They'd be lying to you. It is an art as much as it is a craft. And the artistic uh, part of it, even for folks who don't see themselves as artistic, the artistic part of it is really, really lies in the, in the self-expressed individual so that each individual can feel fully self-expressed in their own way when they're communicating with others so that you're not um, putting on an act or trying to be like somebody else. Like if I tried to be Mark Murphy, I'd fail miserably. There's only one Mark Murphy, thankfully. <laughs> you know, there's just one, right? No, I mean, I mean that, mean that uh, seriously. Like that's the great thing about being a, 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 an individual is that there's only one of you. And 
Your style is your style. And that's what we develop. I'm not going to try to turn you into me or Amy or, or someone else. And the opportunity that you have for full self-expression is really, really meaningful. And when you feel comfortable and you have found your voice, then the craft gets even easier. So I love this work in large part, you know, just personally, because I get to learn new stuff every day. I mean, I'm working with someone like you. I get to learn so much about finance. Then the next day, you know, uh, um, I'm working with uh, somebody who's, you know, talking about Six Sigma and lean project management. And then the next day, uh, it's, um, you know, it's M&A, mergers and acquisitions. So it's really cool. I'm, I feel really lucky about that because the what people are speaking on, it doesn't matter to us. Our job is working with them on the craft. And there's there are there's craft associated with organizing content and ideas, structuring it, scripting it, and then delivering it. And the way that you do so on video might be different than the way that you do so on stage. It's going to be different when there's three people in the room versus 300 or 3,000. But once you start to pick up the craft, you can apply that craft to all the different mediums that you find yourself in. I've seen, I brought some friends in, some you know United States congressmen uh, who were not congressmen when we when you met with them, who got, got elected. You know, we've worked with you know some divorce attorneys. We've worked with, uh, I first met you, I was brought in with the Fortune Management, who is a public speaking company. And I think we're, right now we're up to about 150 coaches there and what was so amazing about that is I, I have seen people in that organization become great public speakers. I mean, I mean, they literally went from couldn't move a room to be able to move a room on a dime. But the, the Don thing, Corey is a great example. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 a perfect example of a guy who who went from a from a, he was he was, okay, he was good, solid to he's somebody okay. who can yeah, who can he can move he can move a room. And uh, and there's and he's not the only one. There there's others. Um, I've also, I read, you mentioned Book Yourself Solid. Obviously, Sean Dill and Lacey Book are just good friends, and I am huge, huge fans. I think the, the three of you, uh, are, or the four of you, are going to do some amazing work with uh, with, with uh, Book Yourself Solid. T tell, tell, me, tell us a little about that company. Tell us about that book and that company, because yeah. I've read that book, too. I, that's, that's another one of my favorites. Thank you so much. Yeah, Book Yourself Solid is the first book that I wrote. There are four editions of that book, because you know, over time, I kept finding ways to improve it. And it is still one of the best selling marketing books for service business owners uh, in the world. And I'm really, really proud of it because it is a marketing system for service business owners who don't typically like marketing and selling that much. And, you know, I wrote it originally because I had one of the last companies that I was with, I had a department that I ran that had about 500 uh, freelancers, independent professionals, and financial advisors are often independent professionals. Uh, you, you know, they're building their businesses. Some have a couple people working for them. Uh, some have hundreds or thousands. You know, lots of different sized businesses. But realtors and attorneys and accountants—they're all in the business of getting clients. But most people don't want to spend their time getting clients. They want to spend their time doing the work. And I was the same way. So uh, in the early 2000s, I re-engineered a system uh, that I thought could, could work without a lot of attention, meaning so you didn't have to spend all your time marketing. Because here's what I discovered. Most people think that marketing gets you clients. You know, if I just do enough marketing, everybody will know of me, and then I'll get lots and lots of clients. The fact of the matter is marketing does not get you clients. Marketing just creates awareness for the products and services you sell. What actually books the business is what you do once somebody becomes aware of you. So I built a system that included the core self-promotion strategies, because there's really only six of them. And you execute on just a few of those core self-promotion strategies. And then once somebody becomes aware of you, uh, I built a process that you can move that person through so that they become a client for life. And it worked really, really well and, uh, and seems to, it seems to be easy for people to adopt and implement in their business, especially for people who don't really love marketing and selling or see themselves as marketers. It seemed to work really well for them. Um, but it's based on a fundamental uh, belief. 
that there are certain people you're meant to work with and others that you're not. And your job is to make sure that you can reach the people you're meant to work with and you push away the people that you're not meant to work with. So the very first chapter of Book Yourself Solid is called the Red Velvet Rope Policy. And the Red Velvet Rope Policy suggests that you should only let in people that energize you and inspire you, but most importantly, allow you to do your best work. Because what happens when you're doing your best work? Two things. Number one, people are out in the world talking about your best work. And that's the best marketing in the world. I mean, I imagine most of your best clients come from referrals. We're a referral organization. You have to be nominated to come into our events. And we find that that's how the right people show up. And number two, you love the work you're doing. Because anybody that has had a business that they're running for a long period of time will tell you that there are points where you do not feel like running that business anymore. Mm. And if you're working with clients that drain your energy, that make you feel like your work isn't worthwhile or the work isn't effective or make you feel like you want to do bodily harm to someone, (laughs) then you're not going to want to go out and get more clients. So you won't do what you need to do to fill up the business. And that's a really important fundamental a principle of the book yourself solid system. And yeah, I get it. You know, I mean, at the beginning when people are starting out, they say, well, look, I need to take this one because I got bills to pay. I get it. All of that is fine. Uh, but just make sure you understand what makes an ideal client and what makes a dud client so that you have an evaluation process, a filtration process that you can use anytime a new client comes in to, to, make, to see if they check off the boxes of what makes them ideal. And uh, if they if they're not ideal, then you got to do some you know pretty hard thinking about whether or not you should accept them. And if you are going to accept them, you got to manage in advance the areas where they're not ideal. Have you noticed that life is getting more and more expensive? From grocery prices to real estate values, everywhere you turn, prices seem to be skyrocketing. Well. Mark has dedicated decades of his career and life to serving entrepreneurs and professionals to build real wealth, and in most cases, multi-generational wealth. The reality is, we all have to navigate turbulent times in this economy, but the difference will be for those that have a roadmap and a customized plan for building wealth. That's why, as a listener to this podcast, we are so excited to share with you first access to Mark's newest book, The Ultimate Investment, a roadmap to grow your business and build multi-generational wealth. When you access this book, you'll discover how to know when you're working a job instead of a business. That hard work isn't all about hours put in. This will make you more productive. Why you need to live with your back against a wall. How to surround yourself with the right people who support your vision. And so much more. Go to www.markbmurphy.com forward slash book to get access now. Once again, go to www.markbmurphy.com forward slash book. And now, back to the show. You know, what? so funny you mentioned this because I it's a process. You've been in business a long time. And one of the things I tried to do is we started to kind of track our clients, you know, in terms of our, we kind of rated them like bonds, you know, triple A, double A, single A, triple B. And it didn't just have to do with size. Did you have junk ones also? (laughs) Absolutely. But it it didn't, it didn't, especially when I was younger and it it wasn't necessarily just about money. It was about the enjoyment of working with them and the whole, the whole experience. And, and the crazy. So then I started to think and I go, well, let me try to see, let's tell you, say our top 20 or 25 and start to see what are the characteristics that were in common? And it started to be things like, um, you know, things like they were usually big thinking people. Uh, they appreciated yes. our expertise. They were loyal. Like I sort of, I sort of had some like common denominators of about seven or eight things like that. And so then I go, okay, so we want to start to look from people like that. But where the light bulb went on, it was took me a couple of years. I go, I wasn't. It wasn't about them. That's who I am. <laughs> And I was really yes. looking for me. <laughs> you know, I was looking for people. <laughs> yes. You know, and, and and not that you couldn't be chameleon-like and be you could like you couldn't be the right coach for most people, but but it's not. And by the way, it's not only you that you drain your energy. It's your entire team. You know, how do how do you yes. how do you burn your team out on these people that don't are not loyal, don't appreciate your expertise, aren't big thinkers, don't you know all the things that we we aspire to want to be transactional rather than transformational. 
I, I don't want to yes. be in any transactional relationship. I, I don't need it. I don't want it. I won't waste my time with that because why would you want to do that at this point? Why would you not to be able to be your You only best? live once, don't you? Right. You only well, live yeah. once. Or to set up or, set, or to do something that's set up not to either to fail or to not succeed as much as the way it should succeed. You know, why would right. you want to have your name attached to something that's going to fail? You know, it's like, I, right. you know, I hired a road public speaking. It's going to not work. And I want to be able to tell everyone it didn't work. I go, you're going to be right. Please don't waste your time or money or waste yes. Michael's time with that money. Yeah. The other thing that you also say, where I think that everybody could use your service, because I think sometimes, you you know, like in the beginning, when you talk about heroic public speaking, there are a lot of people that give keynotes. There's a lot of people that get up and speak in front of a crowd or in front of a board of directors or communicate with, with, with people. But the thing that I think is, we're so insightful about your books and what you do is you know, I, when I sit down with people and I'll use my industry, like I don't believe in competition. I believe in differentiation. So I sort of wake up every day going, there's four financial services firms lined up one after the other, after the other. Why are the best clients going to pick me rather than the other three? Why are the best people going to want to work for me rather than the other three? And so when I'll sit down with somebody in any industry, but I'll take my own and they'll sit down and they'll say, well, what do you do for a living, Michael? And you go, well, I'm a wealth manager. I'm a financial planner. I am a retirement specialist. I'm an estate but, you know, they can give you like 20 different things that they do. All of those could be true. But in my world, that's never higher than fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth on the list is that ultimately we're a marketing company first, we're a training company second, we're, we're a human resource company third. And so the idea is your definition of marketing is so spot on. So I don't know a business that's out there that if they're not a marketing company first and use a lot of the principles that you teach in your books much less than being able to present themselves in whatever form they are. I don't see how anybody can't use your service. And every and everybody, and I don't care if you you said, you know, people that don't love marketing or not, it could be anybody. If you love marketing, you should, mm -hmm. you should do that, much less if you, if you have a problem with it. And so that's, mm -hmm. you know, so that, that I think everything, our, our friend, uh, Fred Joel wrote that book, Everything is Marketing. I don't see, I, I don't see any business where that's not the first thing that the company does. Um, yeah. Any comments on that? Any thought about yes, that? Yes, I do. Yeah. I, 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 uh, as my wife would say, I always have a comment. <laughs> so you just brought something up, which is very, very important for us to recognize. And this is something that uh, I wrote about in my most recent book called The Referrable Speaker. And mm -hmm. I wrote that with my good friend and colleague, Andrew Davis. And it's really for people who are on the professional circuit or want to be professional speakers. So that's not for everybody, that book. But uh, you'd be surprised that what you can learn from reading about uh, how you operate as a professional speaker, because there's a lot in there that's still relevant, even if you're not a professional. But one of the concepts that we focused on is what we call the visionary quest matrix. Here's the thing. You mentioned, look, there's, there's a, a five wealth advisors on, on this corner. There's, you know, uh, five, uh, I don't know, people who call themselves financial advisors on this corner. There, you know, there's all sorts of people who use the same name to describe themselves. And most of them would be considered experts. Now, you would think that's good. And that might have been good 10, 20 years ago. But today, expertise has been commoditized. Because I can go on YouTube and I can learn almost anything about almost any financial concept from 10,000 different self-proclaimed experts. Now, we can argue about whether or not they're right, but you understand my point is that information is everywhere. If you want to learn how to sell, you can watch a thousand videos teaching you every aspect of selling. Now, you still got to go do it, but the experts are everywhere. And when expertise is everywhere, it's become a commodity. Anytime something, you know, uh, uh, anytime there's lots of something, it becomes a commodity. So people have a race to the bottom when it's a commodity. You go, look, you say, well, I got five, five, uh, five tips for, uh, you know, for, uh, I don't know, getting a higher return on your investment in bonds. And someone else comes along and goes, I got six tips. <laughs> That's better. Someone else is like, no, 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 you don't even need six. I got three tips. That's all you need. Now you're like in a race to the bottom on tips, not, uh, not inflation uh, protected uh, securities, but <laughs> actual tips, like how to tips. So here's the thing. What you have, the way that I think you've differentiated yourself is 
because people see you as a visionary in your space. And a visionary is someone who challenges the status quo and offers an alternative approach or a new way of solving problems for the betterment of the people that they serve. A visionary doesn't mean necessarily that you're an Einstein. It means that you're challenging the status quo and offering a new or alternative perspective that changes the way people see the world. So here's here's how I see the difference between experts and, and visionaries. So as I said, the expert offers today's best practices. They essentially hold up a mirror to what most people do today. It's easy to learn. Anybody can become an expert on today's best practices. And they go, here you go. Here are today's best practices. People are like, oh, thanks. That's really helpful. But you don't remember their name. Right. But the visionary comes along and says, listen, I want to challenge the status quo. And I want to paint a picture for you of how the world can be if you take this approach. So they create the future for the people they serve. They help the people they serve see the world differently and see themselves in relation to the world differently. And that's what I think you do, whether or not you've ever referred to it as that. I think that's I think that's one of the things that uh, differentiates you because there's a million and one people out there calling themselves wealth managers, financial advisors, mm-hmm. uh, you know, probably 15 other terms. Well, obviously, um, as I usual, you do it more eloquently than eloquently than I do. I think it's it, it's it's kind of focusing on wisdom rather than knowledge, because again, YouTube can has a lot of knowledge. Harder to get wisdom, but I I I, I love your languaging much 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 better. I think the the real challenge is I see not just in my industry. I see in every industry they're being disrupted all the time. Whether it be artificial intelligence, whether it be you know you know commoditization of everything with with the internet and everything that's there. And so ultimately, I try to teach our clients that they they should not be afraid of being different. They should be afraid of being the same. And there's just this morass where it's like, you know, it's that elevator speech where you sit down next to that person and and it's, uh, you know, and you go, well, what do you do for a living? And they want to put you in that box. And, you know, like, I like, I like, that's why I think like, I want to do a, I want to do a good job on this podcast with you, because when you hear heroic public speaking, you you have somebody goes, well, I'm not going to do any. I don't do a really a lot of public speaking. I don't think, you know, I'd be interested in talking to Michael Port and realize you need to speak to Michael Port because that's you're not going to be doing keynotes for a half a million dollars, you know, at some big, big event in Las Vegas. If you can move these principles and and bring them into your business, it's going to not only arithmetically, it's going to geometrically grow your business and, and you're going to have more that's fun right. doing it and have more confidence. That's right. And I think that sometimes, well, yeah, like that's why that's why so I don't me, like the name. That's why I don't like the name of your company because I think it's far more than that. No, no, we talked about that before. Yeah. In fact, we're uh, we've been working on just between me and you and all the yeah. tens of thousands of people who are listening. <laughs> uh, we've been working on a potential rebrand, actually, uh, because really we're in thought leadership. That's what we do. We we develop and train and manage thought leaders. Uh, we've been focusing on the keynoting side, intellectual property development side, but. Uh, but at, at the core, that's what we do. And, and the people who come to us are thought leaders. Uh, and uh, they want to get their wor- work out in the world in a significant way and have it spread. Sometimes, uh, you know, they do it, you know, because they want to get paid for speaking or writing books. But some of them have businesses like you, and they want to be seen as thought leaders in their space because they realize, wow, if I'm seen as a thought leader, that means I'm seen as a visionary. That means people come to me because I have a, an approach that is much more substantial and significant than the status quo. Everybody else is offering the same thing. So let me give you a framework that uh, folks can use when they're doing pitches. A really straightforward framework. Because a lot of the folks who are listening do pitches on a daily basis, if not yes. you know, just a regular basis. So when somebody's considering what you're offering, they, they're listening for some key elements. And in order to continue to consider saying yes, uh, they need a few questions answered in the affirmative before they do. So for example, the first thing that people generally are trying to figure out when you make a pitch is, will this thing work? 
you know, will it be successful? Will it work? Does it make sense? Is it just structurally sound? Is it reasonable, logical? Because if they say, no, I don't think this is really going to work. Like you said, Michael, here's how we're going to build your wealth. Uh, we're going to buy one-year CDs <laughs> with mm. all of your money. I'd be like, wait, right. what? No, that's not going to work. I'm not even listening to anything else after that. Um, so they got to get a yes. If you don't get a yes, it's over. So you've got to first make sure you're structuring the pitch in a way that people go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That would work. Then the if they say yes, the next thing they're trying to figure out is, well, will it work for me? You know, because you might give a pitch and someone goes, well, that's a great idea. That's really, I think that could really work. Not for me, I think for somebody else. So they've got to be able to say, yeah, that would work for me. That's That really would work for me or for our company or whoever you're pitching to. If they say, no, it won't, it's done. Doesn't get to the next question. If they say, yes, it will, you get to the third question, which is, are they the ones that I want to do this with? Because if what they hear sounds like it'll work and it's worth it to them, you know, it's worth it for them, they might say, you know what? I don't think you're the one. I'm going to find somebody who can do this because it's worth it to me, but you're not the one. So if you get a no on that, it's not going to happen. If you get a yes, then you get a yes to the whole pitch. You just got to get those three yeses first. So when you're thinking about pitches, conversations with people, you know, do, you know, do, are you sure that you can describe the thing that you're pitching in a way that they go, oh yeah, that's absolutely going to work. And number two, can, can you pitch it in such a way that they go, oh yeah, that's absolutely for me. And can you pitch it in such a way that they go, oh yeah, I want you to be the one to do this. Because that's, you know, that's not, that's not easy to get a yes. Uh, on are you know are you the one to do it in high stakes situations when they don't already know you or know you well? You know, I, I always look and I look at my experience everywhere, but my experience specifically with your company and in, in that I have zero appetite for there's either for invest for expenses rather. I mean, if you're an expense on my in my company, you know you're always on the chopping block. I have an almost an unlimited appetite for investment, and if I can get a four or five to one return on my money or more. And I think you get a lot more by working with your company than a four or five to one return. I have an unlimited appetite for 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 investments. So if somebody's watching this podcast, give me a little more flavor of some of the services you provide. And the other thing I'd really like about your company is there's lots of ways to enter the company. Meaning, I have I have been to to a to a a, a workshop where there was 50 people in the room, and then we've had many sessions where it was just me and you and Amy, and there were sessions where I brought my team just just uh, you know, to, to work with you and Amy. And everything in between. So, so tell me a little about some of the tell people a little about some of the services, and tell people how how can they how are different ways that you can kind of access your company. Sure. So, thank you for asking. Primarily, we work with people that have been nominated or referred to us. So, if somebody wants to come to us and they reach out to you and say, "Hey, Mark, can you make an introduction?" Then we'll get on the phone with them and make sure that what they want is what we can deliver. We're in a very very fortunate place where we don't have to take uh, the work and that makes us that allows us to make sure that we work only with people with whom we do our best work and that we can deliver everything that they need. You know, you stack the deck in your favor if you only work with people that, you know, you can make sure right. uh, you can deliver on 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 your promises to. So we do a 2-day workshop and we do not charge for that workshop, but again, you need to have a referral into it. If if we didn't do it that way, we could not make it free. It, there'd just be too many people who would want to come and it, you know, be a little bit of a mess. But, uh, but we do a two-day workshop, which in New Jersey at our headquarters, and that's generally the best place to start. It's not just because it's free, but because until you actually experience what we do, you can't actually understand it. We can be the best communicators in the world, but when you have never experienced something, just hearing about it is never enough. So that's why we do that. So if people want to come to that, uh, just you know, ask Mark for a referral and uh, he'll make the introduction uh, to us. We also do a seven-month comprehensive training for people who want to master the craft of both content development and script writing, as well as the performance of that script, speaking on stage. 
And generally people who are coming to that are either professional speakers or people who want to be professional speakers or entrepreneurs who use speaking to advance their business or advance their brand or book business at the back end of a speech. And you're always going to, people ask me, what's the trick? What's the secret for, you know, for selling more at the back end of a speech? And I always, with a little bit of a, you know, cheekiness say, just be best in class, be the best one on that stage. And people will ask to work with you. You don't need any tricks, you know, to, you know, like trick them into working with you. That's not, uh, it's not a long-term strategy that's effective. Um, but in order to come into that grad program is what we call it. You got to go through that two-day workshop. Uh, we have uh, faculty members who can do one-on-one -on -one coaching uh, just for pitches or for full-length speeches or for TED Talks. Uh, we have uh, writers who can write books for you, write scripts for you. Uh, we also do uh, uh, we also do some we also do slide design work, contextual model design. So we help people visualize their ideas because it's really really effective to be able to show your ideas. You you've probably seen Simon Sinek start with why, uh, you know his his why what and how three circles, which made him really really famous. But it's a very simple contextual model that helps you understand his big idea and helps you spread that big idea to other people because you can draw it for them. And, uh, and you know, those are just a few of the things we do. Uh, but, you know, it really, our, our environment is really for people who, who really want to get better at this. Like, we're not just a tips and tricks uh, kind of place. You know, we're not a, we don't have like a $200 online course. Uh, we're serious people who do rigorous work with serious people. But again, why, if you're serious about your business or your life, would you want to do anything half-ass? Why would you not want to do it in elegance and excellence? And uh, and by the way, if you're offering a two-day free course, I, I don't think you can go any lower than that. But the thing that what screams to me about that is that I've, for 37 years, have always set something up with a client where I've said, you know, Michael, here's a little bit of how we like to work. I'm going to spend maybe maybe an hour with you or so. I want to find out how you think about your business and your family and your money and your life and all the things that are important to you and Amy. At the end of that first meeting, I'm going to ask you to send me a little bit of information. And then I'd like to have a second meeting that might go an hour and a half or maybe an hour or two hours where I'm going to lay out some comments and some recommendations, but a clear strategy going forward. No obligation on my part, no obligation on your part. But at the end of that second meeting, I think it should be clear whether we have a relationship or not. And when you give a person and you say to them, hey, I'm going to give you, I'm going to open open kimono. You're going to see everything we do. Uh, and there's no obligation on anybody's part. Everybody can walk away. Does that work for you? I've only said it about 4,000 times. And I think we have 4,000 clients, you know, as a result of that, it works hundred percent of the time or more. I kind of, I was kid, our guys. And what, what screams to me about that is it is, it is so powerful and you're so confident what you do that it's you know when you if if you said to me the opposite you know we need a you know fifty thousand dollars up front and we got we need a three year contract that's unbreakable and da, 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 you know still owe us the money and you got this and you got that and you got you know and you got to lock me in it tells me the exact opposite that you got to lock me in and get my money up front because if I wanted to leave that you're telling me that a lot of people want to leave your company where you're telling me the opposite they're beating down the door and we're so you know we're you know that that you're what I hear from you is. Even though you're selling some amazing services, you're always the buyer, not the seller. You're you're giving them the opportunity to, to to get the port experience, and you don't get to get it. You get to earn the opportunity to go get that, and that is just so damn powerful. And it screams to me why you've been so successful. Because how many companies do you do business with that do the exact opposite? They've got to they've got to tie up nine ways to Sunday because they know you're not going to be happy with the service. Often, you and I don't have That's that exactly right. fear. We have none of that fear. No. No. And, you know, it's, it's really nice. It makes, it just makes it so much easier. So, you know, we have people who will, you know, every day will call up and say, listen, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm nominated by so-and-so they did HBS grad. I'd love to do grad. When can I start? And we say, you can't, you have to go to core first. And they say, well, what does that cost? And we say nothing. It's a two day workshop uh, for 30 minutes on the second day. We're going to talk about grad, but that's it. The rest of it is just a full on training. And they say, wait, what? Can't I just give you my money now to hold my spot in grad? Because I know they fill up. No, you can't. You have to go through core. We do this because we want them to be 150% sure that we're the right organization for them. 
And, you know, there are definitely some people who have been like, I can't make that one or I can't make that one. I need to start right now. And we still say, I'm sorry, this is how we do it. Because we find that we don't have to sell. We can just say, here's what grad is. And they go, oh, I, I'm, I was within three hours, I, I'm ready to go. Let, let's, let's do this. And the relationship develops in a much easier way. You know, there's no pressure. Nobody's pulling anybody, twisting their arm. And, and then when they actually start the deeper work and they've made the bigger commitment, they're so excited because they've already experienced it. They've had the transformation themselves. And so we look at the work from a transformational perspective, not a transactional perspective. Our job is to help the people we serve transform. Not, we don't, our job is not to transact with them. Uh, and we're really, really clear about what our job is, and that's influenced the decisions we make. And it's been, I think, you know, really good for, for the people we serve. Well, I want to, first of all, I, uh, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people say they want to get a seat at the table. I think uh, what you clearly do is help people build their own damn tables. I think that's that's evident. And uh, just just thank you for all you do for me and for my company. And just thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. And I, I, I just uh, just appreciate you and appreciate Amy and all the all the people at Heroic Public Speak. And thank you, thank, thank you. you so much. Let me just let me just give that right back, Mark, because you are one of the most generous people uh, that I have met in business. You are always looking for ways to find opportunities uh, for the people that you know. And I think everybody can take a page out of your playbook uh, because you've had a tremendous effect on us personally and professionally. And we talk about it all the time. We never forget it. So thank you, Mark. I, I would say we, I call this the Hero of the Hours podcast because I like to have people on the on the podcast who are either heroes to me or, or heroes to other folks. And uh, you certainly uh, fit that criteria. So thank you, Michael. And I will... Uh, We'll, I will, I, you'll, be, you'll be hearing from me soon. Good. We'll talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Hero of the Hour podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share the podcast episode with them. You can catch the show notes for this episode and more at www.markbmurphy.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to check out the other great books and resources on the website while you're there. Once again, it's www.markbmurphy.com forward slash podcast. All links can be found in the description below. We look forward to serving you on the next episode.